I think everybody has a role in this world. Some people are bridge builders, other people are conquerors. And I truly believe that Coach Sanchez has done an amazing job building a bridge to the future for UNLV football. Okay, everybody. So uh, joining me for my first official podcast is truly the only guy that could uh, or or I would want to have join me for my first podcast. Uh, dear friend of mine, probably the best friend in the world that I have, and he's definitely the best Rebel basketball friend that I have. But uh, joining me today is my amazing friend, Ryan Polium. Ryan, thank you so much for being with me. Uh, Johnny, I'm stoked to, to be on the, the inaugural episode of your podcast. So I'm happy to be here. And uh, as much as uh, your adoration is for me, it, it, it's definitely reciprocated. And you're a great dude, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, man. So what did you do this weekend? So this weekend I had a really good weekend. The Friday uh, was my stepdad Bill's birthday, so we went out to dinner uh, at Casa Don Juan, one of our favorite Mexican restaurants in town. And then uh, Saturday – Woke up, went to the park with my buddy Reed, uh, played nine holes at Red Rock Country Club, went to the Golden Knights uh, uh, game, and Sunday just kind of relaxed a little bit and watched some football. What about yourself? Nice. Well, we'll touch on that uh, that okay. VGK game in just a bit. So this Saturday morning, I had the amazing opportunity to go to my daughter's karate, um, I guess it would be test, if you will. She was an orange belt. And she did her testing and she, excuse me, she was a yellow belt and she did her testing and advanced to be an orange belt. So uh, she was uh, super excited to do that. Watched a whole lot of football over the weekend. And, uh, and then, uh, as we'll talk in just a second, ended up at the, uh, the Golden Knights game Saturday night. Um, and then on Sunday, did some church and then watched some football and, and uh, enjoyed myself. So, all right, so. First and foremost, basketball season is upon us, and yeah. you are the one that got me into Rebel basketball so many years ago. I mean, I followed Rebel basketball from way back in the day from afar, but uh, officially a season ticket holder, and we're going to cover that here in just a little bit. But before we do, we got to go uh, to Rebel football, and uh, as we sit here right now, we're 2-7. and seven. Um, We lost to Colorado State this weekend, 37-17. And I'd love to get your thoughts, and then I'll share mine, on uh, the current state of UNLV football and most likely where we will sit in 2020. Well, it's, it's, it's tough. I think there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air right now about the team. Obviously, uh, last year at the end of the season, uh, the athletic director, Desiree Reed-Francois, had said that her, her expectation was for us to make a bowl game. And obviously – we're mathematically eliminated from that um, going forward. So I think we're a little bit of a holding pattern. I think people see the writing on, on the wall, understand what's, what's going to happen most likely. But uh, in, at the same time, you have to support the kids and you have to support Coach Sanchez because regardless of what his record may have been on the field, he's done so many things to, to propel UNLV to be a contender um, in the future. I just don't necessarily know if that means – him being at the helm of the program. Yeah, I agree with you. So for me, I, I love Coach Sanchez and what he's done for UNLV football. Um, I, I mean, it sounds corny, but everything from the small stuff in, in, in the way that the uniforms look to the big stuff in what he's done with the, the new Fertitta Center 
Um, he brought amazing life back into the football program. Um, and I wish nothing more than for him to have succeeded or to succeed with this program. I, I just, I know that the expectation for this year was a bowl game. Um, I looked at the schedule before the season even started and I thought it was going to be tough because I thought that they had some really tough, tough games. Um, I thought that the conference continued to get better and all of the W's that you would normally circle on the calendar, um, weren't necessarily there anymore. Uh, I am surprised we sit here at two and seven, but there's been some injuries. Um, but that's not an excuse. Um, so I, I, I mean, if, if I, if I had to tell you where I think we would be starting 2020, I, I do think that we have uh, a new coach. Um, and I, it kind of pains me to say that because I like coach Sanchez, uh, and I, I wish him well, I wish he would have won, but I, I, I just think we're going to have somebody, somebody new. Yeah, I just and, – and, and speaking of the conference and those games that you could circle as, as either probable wins or stuff that, hey, okay, we have a, we'd have a fighting chance of this one. There, there seems to be some decent turnarounds in other programs in the conference, Wyoming, uh, San Jose State, which has been able to really turn that around. And I just don't think that selling Laramie, Wyoming over Las Vegas, Nevada can be that tough of a sell. Um, but as, as I've kind of talked to you a little bit before, I think everybody has a role in this world. Some people are bridge builders. Other people are conquerors. And I truly believe that Coach Sanchez has done an amazing job building a bridge to the future for UNLV football. And I think he'll go down in school history as one of the most successful fundraisers and getting the community to buy into to UNLV football as well as getting UNLV football to buy into the community. But I do think that other people are conquerors and we're going to need somebody else to lead us to victory. And unfortunately, I just, I just don't see it from them. Yeah. Okay, real quick, because I know that we're both uh, relatively new to this whole uh, hockey uh, fandom, if you will. Yeah. But, man, it is tough for the Knights. Two straight home games where they've taken a two-goal lead into the third period, and two straight times they've come away without the two points. Now, I guess in some sense it's great that we got a point, but, man, at home, two-goal lead, our our arena, T-Mobile, best place to play in, in the country – and we walk away with losses. When you when you left that arena, what were you feeling the other night? I, obviously, disappointment. I mean, like like you said, not really knowing ho- hockey for a long time. I mean, three years ago, the only thing I knew about icing was it appeared on top of a cupcake. So that was pretty much the extent of <laughs> uh, of what I knew about that. And just kind of uh, understanding, getting excited about a new a new sport, and especially a, a hometown team to root for. Um, yeah, it just it, it's tough, and I mean, especially with Subban in goal uh, the other night too. It, he sometimes, you know, when he's in goal, it's kind of you don't know what you're going to get. But boy, he played the first two periods of, uh, of of Saturday's game. He looked great. He was he, he was on point, and then something happens where you just can't figure it out. But yeah, definitely a disappointment walking out of the stadium, and um, just not something we're used to. Obviously, we've experienced a lot of success in a, in a very young uh, franchise and not something we're used to. And it's something, obviously, we're just going to have to get used to. It's a long season. But at the same time, they they need to kind of, I think, play with the urgency and not have to worry about, um, you know, just getting a point. We need to worry about getting two points and winning the game. Yeah, I was telling somebody uh, earlier uh, today that every hockey t- uh, team will go through certain points in the, in the season where they struggle a little bit. And obviously – the Knights, I mean, they're what I think they're eight, eight and two, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but but we're, we're still we're still good. We're just not 
we're, we're not at the level that we all expect us to be. And, and, and right. if this is our struggling point uh, and we get it turned around, because I truly do think that there's going to be a, a good, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game run in there where, where we really catch fire. But um, we're a good team. We're greatly coached, um, have an amazing place to play. So I think that we'll be good. But enough with the VGK on to what we really, really want to talk about. I mean, how excited are you? Basketball is back. This is like uh, this is the equivalent to a, my my three year old or soon to be three year old son waking up on Christmas morning, knowing that I'm going to fall asleep tonight and tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and our beloved re- running rebels of UNLV are going to take the floor uh, against Indiana, Purdue, University, Fort Wayne, or something along those lines. I don't know. I think it was like leftover Scrabble letters, but um, super stoked about the season. The new era has begun. Uh, Coach TJ Osselberger is going to take the helm and really see kind of what this you know, the analytics slash money ball type, um, uh, you know, style of play is going to, is going to play into what, what we love and that's running rebel basketball. Yeah. So you and I were at the exhibition the other night and yeah. obviously just an exhibition. Um, I can't even tell you who we played. It was a Cal Baptist school and, and they yeah. played hard, but obviously they were just, it was just an exhibition. But and I mean, uh, I think I was, things... the, I was the, I was the third tallest guy on that team. So that's saying a lot. <laughs> You maybe, but so right off the bat though, for me, um, just kind of taking it for what it was as an exhibition. Um, but this Jonah Antonio, Antonio, yeah. Okay. This guy. So seven of 11 from three in the first half had roughly 20 points, nine rebounds. He outscored the other team in the first half, I think. Yeah, this guy's the real deal for what we want uh, out of running Rebel basketball, right? I mean, we we have the longest three-point streak in the country. Uh, we've right. what, never missed one. And uh, and so, or I, I should say, let me back up. We, we've, we've made one in every game that there has ever been a three-point line. Um, mm-hmm. But tell me, what do you think about this kid, man? He's pretty impressive. Man, I mean, the, you know, the kid's coming in, and it's just it's neat to kind of see uh, an extension – and that international flair to kind of see what the the, 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 the sport has done. Jonah Antonio coming from Australia, you know, so from, he's from he's from down under, but he's shooting those three pointers like you know he's he's he's, he's money. He, his his stroke looked really smooth. He was a quick shot, so uh, getting the ball out in transition, and uh, the point guards were really looking for him. I mean, all the guards were looking for him, even a little bit of inside outside stuff. So uh, it looked smooth and good. And I mean, if he can keep shooting like that I don't think that three-point streak will be in 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 jeopardy uh this season at the very least yeah so we again we sit next to each other for every game and I don't know most of the names heck I don't even know some of the starters in the or I'm (laughs) sorry some of the seniors uh in their in their fourth or their fifth year and you've got the entire roster all of them uh memorized before the first game but but were you surprised I know it's exhibition but were you surprised that Bryce Hamilton started over Amari Hardy, given the fact that Hardy started like what roughly twenty games last year? Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I turned around and, and thought that Dick Calvert, who's the who's the um, Thomas and Max um, PA announcer, I thought he forgot to announce Amari um, just because uh, you know he announced the starting lineup and then he announced coach. And I turned around and said, "What what, what happened? Did he did he forget Amari? Oh, it's an exhibition game for everybody." But um, when you know when Bryce came out, I'm not. I'm just. Uh, obviously, we don't have a lot of size. We have a lot of good guard play. Bryce looked leaner and meaner than he did last year. You can tell that 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 off season of probably putting in the gym with um, 
with the with with the strength and training coach. I think it's Justin Cable. I think his name is. But uh, he definitely put in some work in the gym. Looked leaner, but he still. I, you know, for, for me, it looks like Bryce is always kind of like maybe a, a quarter step behind, maybe a half a step behind. Just looks like he wants to just do so much, and I, he may just need to let the game come in. So I was um, I was shocked that uh, that he got to start over Amari, but Amari still logged a, a really good amount of minutes for, for um, you know, that kind of that top-tier level of player. And he looked really, really good uh, taking the ball up, up and down. And, you know, his ability to get to the hoop is just, amazing and again obviously we have to look to see who we were playing but it seemed like even last year he could get to the he could get to the hoop anytime he wanted yeah so do you think that that even with the the starters that we have returning all the players um the addition of david jenkins uh junior senior yeah so junior so let's go junior next. he's uh, david jenkins junior that's who it is yeah um so he's new to the team but he's played for coach tj uh at south dakota state so do you think he will be a leader on the team because he knows the system and he's kind of the coach on the floor or because he's a newbie? Do you, do you think that he has more of a, a, a backup role in terms of not being so um, forward in, in, in his, his, his speak? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. I do think that he's going to come out and be a leader because that's really all he can contribute. Obviously, he's going to be a great player in practice, but him having to sit out a transfer year, uh, his biggest way to contribute is to helping the guys buy into the system, uh, saying, hey, listen, you know, this worked before, this is what we did before, understanding if he's seeing a, a guy who may be, you know, missing a little bit off or not understanding what coach is talking about, he can kind of pull him aside and, and, and coach him on the floor. So I think that's going to be invaluable for the team as a whole this year to have his level of expertise coming down and being that floor general. And I think he's really going to take on that role because he can't log in any minutes in the season uh, due to his his, his transfer. Um, uh, having to sit out that transfer year. Yeah. So I have no real expectations for what the 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 uh, record will be, but we always got to throw it out there because I mean I I'm so excited for for what I'm hopeful to see. Um, I was looking over the schedule, and we got some absolutely winnable games. But we got a pretty, at least name-wise, we've got a, a pretty difficult non-conference as well. Um, I, I think that the the Kansas State game coming up on Saturday will, will definitely be um, a, a kind of watermark game, if you will, to see what we really have. Mm-hmm. But the other the the game tomorrow night, but these these lesser games um, are gettable. So if absolutely. I threw out that we would win 15 games, would you say over, under, or on it? Um, I, you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 17. So I'm gonna say over. Uh, I'm gonna say over the 15. Obviously, like you said, there's there's some there's some games that we have to win. I mean, you can't have a you can't have a step back. And unfortunately, you know, in years past, those have been games where we've struggled. Even with exhibition, I mean, even a couple exhibition games. We struggled, and we actually absolutely dominated um, Cal Baptist or West Coast Baptist or whatever whatever that team was. So I definitely think that we're going to get some some Ws, and I I do like that we're going to be tested early on. I mean, obviously having K State come home, but then right after that game, you know, turn around the day after Veterans Day, fly out and play at Cal, um, come back, and then uh, playing at UCLA that following Friday. I mean, so we're going to get tested right away, and I think that's going to be good because of the 
there's still a, there's still a lot of youth and inexperience on the team, even though there, there's a number of returning players. I think you know with the schedule that we had last year was not the greatest, and we didn't win many games. But uh, I think playing these guys and playing up tempo and playing uh, the caliber of opponents that we're going to be playing early on in the season is going to help us with conference play. And I think that's one thing that you and I both are, are really hoping for is that we can be a contender, maybe not this first year in the Mountain West, but at least at least when people come to the Thomas and Mack Center, it's it's a little bit of a question mark if they're going to walk out of here with a W, whereas sadly in years past, that just hasn't been the case. Yeah, so I went through the schedule, as I was mentioning before, and I put down seven conference wins. So that would be seven and 11 is what we would be. Okay. And I went through in the non-conference, and I said we win eight games in the non-conference. So that's where I got my 15th. So let's uh, let's make a note I of think, that. And we'll, we'll yeah, check so all right. End. Yeah, because I think, I think we're, we're going to steal a couple conference games. I think the Thomas and Mack Center is going to be – I think we're going to finally get some home court advantage uh, once again at the Thomas and Mack. Um, obviously, the, um, the 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 changes that the administration has made towards the fan experience, moving the band behind uh, the, the the visitors uh, hoop and half the student section, um, and I think folks are going to be excited to come out and watch what Coach Otzelberger has. So there's just in, in, in that curiosity because when that place is rocking, it's it's a tough place to play uh, for visitors coming in. I always love watching. The visiting team when uh, when the lights go off and we get the we get the fireworks show and it starts and just kind of seeing them that that used to be such an intimidating moment and I mean couple couple uh, schools used to run back and they take their kids off the court when that was going on just so it wouldn't rattle them as much and now it just doesn't you know there's there's fireworks going off in empty arena and that's that's the sad <laughs> thing when the when, when the fireworks go off it illuminates out all the empty seats so I think that um, we're gonna get some atmosphere back at the Thomas and Mack Center we're gonna get that place rocking and uh, it's going to make it a tough place to play. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure looking forward to it tomorrow night. So just as I, I know you're a big foodie, and part uh-huh. of this podcast is uh, is kind of covering a little bit of the Vegas food scene. I remember back uh, you and I hitting up uh, food trucks when food trucks oh, were yeah. age, which they still kind of are, but we, uh, we've kind of grown out of that stage. But we share a lot of meals together. We go to a lot of different spots. And uh, uh-huh. the other day I got an email, and it was uh, – I want to run through this list with you. So it's the top 13 neighborhood gems oh. in the Las Vegas Valley. And yeah. i got to be honest I, with you. I've only – I didn't know – I've only eaten at three of them. I was the same thing. I saw that list. I was like, oh, cool. I looked at it. Oh, you saw and it? Yeah, yeah, I did. And it was – yeah, I was, I was shocked to say I hadn't even – I haven't even heard of a few of them. So for our for the for the five or six listeners that uh, that tune in here, so <laughs> I've never even heard of Mezo Bistro, but it's on North Rancho, kind of way up north, almost near the I believe near like the the uh, um, North Las Vegas Airport. This is one that I I mean I got to check this one out because it's right up my alley. Now number two is Americana out of Desert Shores. I've I've seen that spot and I can't believe you haven't been there because you get around so much, but you've never been there, huh? No, I, I have. If I'm going to go up there, I usually hit Marche Bacchus because I love that spot on Desert Shores, and I think it's that same um, that same shopping center. Yeah, so I've, I have not been to Marche Bacchus either. I've been oh. to their wine area to buy a bottle of wine, of course. Uh-huh. But and then uh-huh. the next one is it Ula La? Is a, a French bistro on Rampart? Yeah, then I'm assuming you're you're pronouncing it correctly. Then perfect. Barcelona yeah. Tapas. The next one, Chef Mark's Trattoria out at the lakes. 
Yeah. See, again, I, I, I wanted, I was hoping you would have that actually had a chance to hit one of these spots. No, Salud, yeah. Sorry about that. Mexican bistro on Sahara, your old no. stomping ground, Sahara. I know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's actually a pretty large street though, Sanders. So I don't know if that's necessarily my yeah, old stomping true. ground. So. Uh, Pasta Mia? Pasta Mia, I have been to that. And that's been around for a, a long time. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So uh, that was down on Flamingo, right? Is that the one mm -hmm. like Flamingo? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have been to Pasta Mia. Good, good, good Italian spot. Hmm. Another one was Forte, Forte Tapas. Anyway, uh, moving on. Crab Corner, Maryland Seafood House on South Rainbow. Yeah. So uh, and we've been, we've we've gone there before. I've, we've we've gone to lunch there before. Oh, it's not very memorable then. What, well, I, yeah, I it's on, yeah, it's on Sunset and Rainbow. Um, good, yeah, good little spot. And I'm I'm kind of shocked it's been there for as long as it has. Funny story about that spot. I guess there was the, the spot that was in it before it. It was a it was a really good um, three tomatoes and a mozzarella. It's in oh, that old. Now I yeah, know. So, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yep, you're right. No, so yeah, so it's in that spot. And I I, I heard that that place there was a jackpot hit uh, in the gaming on three tomatoes and mozzarella. They didn't buy the insurance on it, so they they had to fold. And this other spot came in. I guess it's really good. It says the seafood's flown in daily. And uh, I kind of was wish I would have went and watched that the Baltimore Ravens game there last night, but but the place was was rocking. Huh? When they beat the Patriots. I remember you telling me that story. I remember eating there, and I actually remember. I, if I'm not mistaken, I had like a, a crab roll. It was really good. Yeah. Um, Pier two two fifteen. I've been there. Our good buddy Robert Ray took me to lunch there. Uh, like a sushi kind of fusion spot, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, that was a good spot. Uh, table 34 in Henderson obviously yeah. is a really good spot. It's kind of great, a power lunch spot. spot for the Henderson crowd. Can't go wrong there. Um, probably my favorite or second favorite uh, Italian restaurant in Henderson is a place called Prosecco. It's uh, right next to the movie theater on uh, – call it Eastern and uh, – Pebble. Pebble. And mm -hmm. it is a really, really good spot. And then the the last one is I think it's a new spot. It's out in the Southern Highlands. It may not even be open just yet. Um, I could I could be wrong, but it's called Spaghetti Western. Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of cool with the way they have that uh, that going on. But I've not I've not eaten there. And you know, there's uh, that list is is awesome because it always will give us more places to try. But I was shocked a couple of our favorite neighborhood spots didn't make that list. But um, you know, maybe it's just the up and coming new new things that everybody wants to go try. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, man. Hey, I really appreciate you uh, you joining me for the inaugural kind of Gilligan's Island uh, maiden voyage, if you will, <laughs> of, of the podcast. It's uh, really enjoyed having you on. It's always fun to talk Rebel basketball, Rebel sports, and sports in general with you. And uh, I cannot wait for tomorrow. And uh, any any last words before we give the final go Rebels? Go Rebels. All right, man. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Johnny. We'll Thanks so much, man.